Tech Night Owl Ohio, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Rob Pecorero, a tech commentator, and Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. Lots to talk about, including the Amazon press conference where they introduced some interesting new tech gear. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Rob Pecorero, one of our favorite tech writers, who has been traveling such a busy bee. And last week he was in Berlin, Germany for the IFA Consumer Electronics Show. Tell us about the IFA. This is something that's very close to Consumer Electronics Show, right? It is. Uh, they, they pronounce it E for whatever reason. I, I won't try to speak the, the original full name in German, but it basically began life as the Berlin radio show, then the international radio show. Well, many syllables later, someone decided that just calling it IFA or the IFA would suffice. So, yeah, it's this massive electronics trade show. Don't have the number about total number of square feet of exhibit space. I can tell you the, the Berlin Messe, the, the fairgrounds where this happens, there's 27 different buildings. Each of them uh, is, you know, at least as big, I guess, as your average very large hotel ballroom. So it adds it to a lot of space, a lot of complexity. One biggest difference, if you ask how this compares to CES, CES is very focused on electronics and gadgets. And IFA, there's also all sorts of people who are in the appliance business. And I joked in my post about it for Discovery News. If someone has made an Internet-connected toaster, it's probably on display somewhere at IFA. So basically here, if I want to look at anything that is electronic, even in the remotest sense, it might be there. Probably. You may have a hard time finding it. Like I said, there are these 27 buildings. Some of them have multiple levels. For instance, in, in Hall 8, there's a second floor, which as far as I can tell, is only acknowledged on the first floor with one small sign at the very south end of it. Everywhere else, you would never know that there's an entire... <laughs> floor of exhibit space right above you. So it's definitely far and away more confusing than Moscone Center, the oh, north and south. Well, Moscone's a piece of cake. <laughs> it's more confusing than the convention center, I guess, because there are so many buildings and different ways to go from one to the other. It's not as gridlocked as the Las Vegas Convention Center during CES. Well, compared to Las Vegas, I assume we're talking about something that's much, much larger in scale then. Not necessarily. CES draws more what you might call trade visitors, the press, people with, who work at electronics vendors, electronics retailers, you know, everyone else who has some occupational connection to the industry. EFA, they also sell tickets to the general public. So last year, the number that I saw was 133,000 trade visitors, which is a little below CES is 156,000. But they had another 105,000 of the general public show up, buy a ticket, and spend one or more days browsing through it. Wow, that's certainly a lot more than the Macworld Expo at its peak. Yes, yes, indeed. But it's funny, Apple never attends these trade shows. They used to attend Macworld Expo, they gave up that. But Apple's presence had to have been felt there in light of the fact that this is happening right after the Samsung-Apple verdict in a California courtroom. Well, it was and it wasn't. You know, there, there was something a lot of joking among the American press about, uh, you know, Samsung introduced the Galaxy Note 2, where, you know, they had the, the 5.3-inch Galaxy Note, which I found too large to be physically comfortable to use. So Samsung has doubled down. The new one has a 5.5-inch screen. But so they other, make it worse. Yeah. I don't get that phone. I really don't like it. I think it is physically flawed. And yet, despite the negative reviews I've written about it in two different sites, a lot of snarky comments about it on Twitter. Samsung sold five million or so of the things. So my campaign to destroy that phone has been a dismal failure so far. Well, you know what? Maybe they will have sold ten million. 
Right. Who knows? So but people but, really want that. Is that actually a smartphone or more like a mini tablet? No, it's definitely a phone. The idea is that because the screen is big enough, it would reduce the need for you to bring a smaller tablet. And maybe if you're looking at bringing that and a seven inch tablet, then that sort of allows you to decide, okay, it's only going to be this one gadget with a touchscreen in my luggage instead of perhaps an iPhone with a, a measly microscopic even 3.5 inch screen. And then you have your, your seven inch Nexus 7 or your nine inch and change iPad. I don't know. I, I don't quite see that happening, but obviously the, the appeal of this thing has somehow escaped me. Is it something that sells better overseas or are sales pretty good in the U.S.? Overseas is definitely part of it, but you know, I think most people have the same sized hands all around the world. So yeah. I would think, unless you know, there are more basketball players around than we think. Right. Well, then you think uh, the U.S. would be sort of a better market. It's kind of a mystery. Oh, the other thing I was going to say about uh, you know, Apple, Samsung. Remember that the two companies have been going back and forth in the German courts for quite a while now, and, and German courts are much readier to throw out an injunction than the U.S. courts. So in the European market, the Apple-Samsung patent war may be kind of older news. They're faster in terms yeah, well, of I've cases. Because we're looking at Apple-Samsung here. So by the time they even get the basics done, there's going to be a hearing later this month. And then supposedly a hearing in December, as I recall, about injunctions against Samsung products. But then if it goes to appeal... That can take, what, six months, a year, and then another appeal. And if it was even considered for the U.S. Supreme Court, we'd have a totally different court by the time it got there. Yeah, that's one point I tried to make in the analysis I did for Discovery about this. People are talking about this in terms of, you know, Samsung guilty of patent infringement. But when you actually read the verdict, individual devices are held to infringe individual patents. And there isn't a clear pattern to it. There was only one case where I think the bounce-back patent the, the jury said every one of the 27 or 28 Samsung devices named infringed upon it. All the others didn't, which means at a minimum that Samsung at some level already knows how to design around these patents. I think they have something where if you go to the end of the screen instead of bouncing back, it now flashes at you? Who knows? Honestly, I, I had to remember my main thoughts from when I've looked at Samsung Android phones are I wish they would not tinker so much with the Android interface. Things like you know, changing how you bring up the list of recent apps, you know, moving the menu button to a different place, having the back button be on the opposite side of the phone from where it is on other Android phones. I guess, you know, I'm sort of in the worst position to appreciate them because I use different phones all the time. And if one has the interface feeling backwards, that jumps out of me. But if you're a normal person, you just buy one phone and use it for two years. You know, that's just how it is. I don't recall noticing a whole lot of similarity between iOS and, and Samsung's flavor of Android. It was more a case of, I know I critiqued the Samsung TouchWiz interface when it used to have each app icon surrounded by a rectangle. I thought it just cluttered up the UI. And that was one area where the jury said, you know, this is too close to Apple's design patent of, of having a, a, an icon grid that consists of uh, apps and rounded rectangle icons. Oh, so confusing. Yes, exactly. The other thing to remember is we were talking about the speed of the patent system. All these devices, the ones that Apple could get an injunction on everything named in this. And Samsung, I don't think we care all that much because most of these devices are on the way out. The Galaxy S2 is reasonably new, but it's approaching uh, a year since it's debuted. So at this point, it's become the, the bargain phone you buy instead of the Galaxy S3. So part of the problem here 
however, is the fact that there's no such thing as a single uniform interface for Google's Android system. There is a basic software release that they send to the handset makers, and then they play with it. They add their refinements. They add their differences. And that way, doesn't that hurt the branding of the product? Or are Android phones bought by people who just want something and they're not considering it as carefully as maybe an iPhone or a Windows phone? It's a usability risk. It does depend on the manufacturer. Samsung, like I mentioned, they change things around a lot. And I'm not sold on the wisdom of a lot of these things. HTC, another example, they don't alter things quite as much. And some of the some other alterations make a little more sense to me. The last HTC phone I tried, there was a, an extra pane or a screen in the settings app where you could designate your default apps. So if you, if you want every web link to open in Google's Chrome browser instead of the stock browser called browser that ships on the thing, very easy to do that. In stock Android, you may have to do that more than once as, as individual apps, say Twitter versus an email client you've added. We'll each ask again which app should open this link. Android. Which is actually more like OS ten works, which is you have options for default apps. We have Rob Pegarero, tech journalist, telling us about IFA, the trade show in Germany, and about the fallout from the Apple Samsung court decision and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366, 1-866-277-3366. The code Scene one to save 10%. Good day. Jim Newcomer from Minus Resources, September 7th, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1696.20. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1738.28, 869.14 for a half ounce, or 434.67 for a quarter ounce. That's 1738.28, 869.14, and 434.67. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. 
Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615, 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Rob Pecorero joining us. We're analyzing the impact of the Apple-Samsung verdict and how it affects equipment. Now, there have been published reports, I suppose you've heard them, where Apple CEO Tim Cook is talking to Larry Page, the CEO of Google, and some people suggest, well, maybe that's about cross-licensing, getting past this nonsense. Well, you'd think, because, you know, as we've been discussing, the, the patent system, while it seems like you can cause a lot of damage to somebody, it takes so long. In this case, we're talking about minor UI elements that, that change enough such that Apple could only get an everything infringes verdict on one of these uh, eight or nine or however many patent claims it was. Yeah, if that is actually happening, if there are settlement talks, then it is a change of heart since Steve Jobs was determined that you know, Android was some kind of crime against computing humanity for, for copying the, the iPhone's ideas, and he was going to wipe them out no matter what. Well, there's and, no real way to do that unless you make Android so toxic because of the lawsuits that they go to what? Windows Phone? What do the handset makers do? Yeah, I don't know. And Windows Phone, it's funny because I, I like the Windows Phone UI. There's, we're now starting to see some Windows Phone 8 phones come out. hasn't really uh, attracted the market that much. It's, it's, it, it does help a lot if you have a, a really wide, diverse base of apps. You have that in Android and iOS. BlackBerry never got around to it. Windows Phone 7 and 8 haven't quite gotten there yet. So in a case like this, this gets to be all the more confusing. You'd think 
just because it's Microsoft, there's enough people out there who like Microsoft products. Certainly handset makers would have to say, well, Apple's not going to sue Microsoft for it because it's been out. Apple has cross-licensing agreements in place with Microsoft. That chip has sailed. So there is not the problem. Also, if you look at the situation like, for example, Samsung, Samsung got to where it was by basically imitating the big tech companies with their own products, doing it more efficiently, coming up with more updates. And they, what, they have one of the highest shares of the market for flat panel TVs. You know, Samsung, Vizio, companies like, for example, Sony, companies like Panasonic, they're suffering. But Samsung has been basically imitating, but people haven't gone after them. Well, the other thing is, I think if you're going to start here, if you're going to have patent lawsuit avoidance drive your business model, then the same move is really to get out of the computer industry because there's no guarantee you won't get hit with a lawsuit from somebody else. If it isn't Apple, it could be an outright patent troll like Intellectual Ventures or, or Lodsys or any of these other companies that are hiding behind dozens of other levels of shell companies. If you don't want to get sued for patent infringement, you should probably write a cookbook because uh, recipes are not covered uh, by trademark or copyright or anything like that. Well, that's an interesting point to mention here. The fact is here that you have companies who do nothing more than buy up patents and then run around the world trying to sell the rights to those patents. They don't make anything. They don't build anything. They simply provide a library or a portfolio of patents and they collect money which is a nice way of doing business. They just push paper. They don't push product out of the door. Exactly. In a lot of these cases, you don't need to go for the billion-dollar verdict. You can just simply send a, you know, have your law firm send a letter on nice stationery to some much smaller company. Maybe they're a small software developer, a component manufacturer, and say, we will license our patent to you for $50,000 a year or, or seventy or 300000 Either way, it's less than the prolonged cost of patent litigation, since, as we mentioned, this is not a quick process. So, yeah, and when it, when it is a company that has no product line of its own, there, there's really no hope of getting a cross-licensing deal where money doesn't change hands and everyone's pretty much ends where they started. And the uh, thing is here also, a company has to evaluate, okay, how much does it cost to dispute this patent versus how much does it cost to send a check, even if there's a question about the validity of the patent or how it applies to their product. Exactly. It's yeah. almost like extortion. I don't want to accuse any company of doing that. But they can get away with a lot. Exactly. Yeah, and the, that's the problem. That right now, the patent system sort of rewards that business model. Like I did a piece for the Consumer Electronics Association a week or so back, looking at you know how could you make this a more difficult proposition. There's one bill in Congress that would tell judges if the the litigants, the plaintiff, had no reasonable chance of succeeding with this patent lawsuit, you can make them pay the defendant's legal costs. Problem is, judges can already do that, and apparently they, they don't really like telling lawyers. Your case was terrible. You never should have brought it. So I, I looked around at what else could you do, and it was things like, you know, you make it harder for one big company to hide behind lots of shell companies. If a company sues someone further down the food chain, the, the lots of strategy where they sue iOS developers, you can just say that lawsuit and bring the company who's allegedly really at fault, Apple, in right at the start and settle it all at once. There's lots of things that could be done. All of them require you know, some sort of laws to be changed in Congress. There are others where judges could simply say, here's a better way to resolve this. We're going to bring in this extra evidence that we didn't look at the last time. Now, there was a revision to the U.S. patent law. I think right now it's what, first to file as opposed to first to invent? 
So basically, as you're producing something, you think it's a new invention, you better have the lawyers on hand because you have to rush to the patent office ahead of some big company. Maybe that's one of the reasons why, for example, Apple files so many patents. You'd think, you know, if they had a slight change in the toilet bowls over at one infinite loop, they <laughs> would patent those toilet bowls because they want <laughs> get there first. Well, uh, that does actually sound like the sort of detail that Steve Jobs would have focused on at some level. <laughs> so the other point I was going to make, though, is I've also talked to a lot of startups and pre-America Invents Act, post-America Invents Act, filing for a patent is not a quick process. It's something like ten grand to get to get rolling. It's going to take a lot of someone's time. And a lot of these startups I've talked to in the D.C. area and the Bay Area, they would just rather ship things, develop their idea, get it on the market, get funding, get customers – because, you know, in theory, yes, you should have your nice arsenal of patents lined up because you might get sued at some point. But, you know, if you're a developer, if you're an engineer, you're a creative type, wouldn't you rather build something? Well, the other thing is here, by the time the patent gets approved, it could be two or three years down the pike. You have a couple of years of selling product. Then you come up with a new version. If someone else gets the patent, you do a workaround and you get back to business. Yeah, exactly. It, it's the whole patent system isn't geared very well with towards the rapid rate of change in the, uh, the software and the gadget industries. You know, it's, it's not the same getting a patent on uh, you know, some clever UI or some interesting software routine, setting aside the issue of whether that should be patentable material in the first place. It's just not the same value as getting a patent on some, you know, great innovation that, that makes the internal combustion engine 15% more efficient. And we have to think of it this way. Okay, so Apple sues Samsung. Samsung has the workarounds already. By the time any of this gets to litigation, half the products are no longer being made. You but know. on the upside, a lot of lawyers, you know, their kids' college tuitions, totally paid for it. Well, you think about it that way. You know, think about the $500 an hour lawyers. And now they're working months on this. And you think that a company like Apple and Samsung and Microsoft and Google, they're spending, what, tens, hundreds of billions of dollars a year on lawyers, the legal profession is prospering. This probably also means that restaurants that do, you know, delivery or carry out in uh, the Palo Alto area, Cupertino and Santa Clara, they're probably doing well, too. They benefit as well. Right. If you make great pizza in Palo Alto or Cupertino, boy, you know, Apple uses pizzas a lot. Maybe Apple will put their own pizza bakery inside their company and not have to order takeout. We have Rob Guerrero joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Rob Pegarero joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. 
We started with EFA, but we got into patents and about the impact. And you have to think in the end, what is the best end game? You know, Apple's jumped in with both feet. You got Samsung. You've got Motorola Mobility bought by Google because they've got twelve thousand patents. You've got all this stuff going on, and people are fighting to buy the patents from Kodak because Kodak's in bankruptcy, and maybe yep. they could use that. It's getting to a point where it's just become absurd. And in the end, it doesn't really, despite all the spin, it doesn't affect the products that you buy, except maybe there'll be some minor changes because people are producing their products defensively. Exactly. One of the, the best pieces of writing I've seen about this was the opinion Judge Richard Posner handed down with the Apple Motorola suit, where he essentially said, you know, look, yeah, there might have been a little bit of infringement, but it'd be so easy for Motorola to fix. There's no real damages suffered by Apple because in no way, and he eventually concluded, this is a huge waste of time. Why did you waste my time? I'm dismissing this with prejudice, so good luck refiling it. Well, sounds like a situation where if more judges were like him. Yeah, they, they got a little crankier. I think that might yield interesting results. It seems that Judge Coe was a little bit cranky, but not cranky enough. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I looked up Judge Coe's background. This Judge Lucy Coe. She was an attorney before she became a judge. She was just a regular practicing attorney, and I think she was involved in the lawsuit, according to what I read, involving Creative Labs and Apple. She was, was iPod? the iPod lawsuit, and she was on the winning side, which was Creative Labs. Apple had to pay them $100 million for certain patent rights, and they had some kind of cross-licensing agreement, and Creative did well, and Apple was happy with it. But Lucy Coe was part of Creative Labs' representation team. Didn't know that. I mean, that seems like it would be um, an issue that you'd want to see come up. But actually, that's an excellent side point you mentioned i might be wrong but i read this somewhere and you think well you know she's been an attorney for a number of years before she became a judge she's not an old woman she's someone in her 40s certainly a tech savvy woman and she wouldn't take off i mean she asked apple and samsung twice as i recall to try to settle it right don't waste my time yes so it's interesting that you bring up the, the history of the ipod because what allowed Apple to herd the non-iPod MP3 or MP3 player market, all those competitors to extinction? It wasn't a lot of intellectual property lawsuits. They just kept on making better products. You know, I, I don't recall anyone deciding to buy or not buy an iPod because, oh, hey, uh, you know, there, there's all these patent issues. I don't, I don't want to be on the wrong side of this company. No, they just said the iPod syncs here with iTunes. And at least for a while, it's better design. I think the last couple of years, Apple just decided, we're going to see how much change our users will tolerate. Right. They haven't really put all the development dollars into it. No. But there was a published report after the Apple-Samsung verdict that more people were selling their Samsung Android phones to these resellers because of this. Yeah, that I have, I have a hard time believing. I mean, if somebody wants to sell a perfectly good new Android phone because it's in patent trouble, well, then talk to me because I'm in the market for a new one if I can. I can take advantage of your technological uh, illiteracy, get a good phone at a discount. Except, of course, like I mentioned, they don't actually like Samsung's interface that much. Well, the point being also is that none of these lawsuits affect the product that you have. 
Now, it may also yeah. be they're selling these because they say, well, Apple on the 12th is going to have a media event. And now we see with the shaded five and the invitation sent out to the media that this is going to be an iPhone 5 session. As just about everybody knows, it's one of the worst kept secrets ever. Yes. So Apple's going to have the iPhone 5. So I guess a lot of people will sell their older phones because they want to upgrade to the iPhone 5, even though we technically don't know what's in it, or maybe we do. Let's go back to Aoife for a yeah. while, and we'll hit the smartphone thing before we let you go. It was a fun show. It sounds like it. Okay, other than the 5.5-inch Samsung, what do you think <laughs> some of the really interesting gadgets were? It doesn't have to be smartphones. It could be computers. It could be TV sets, whatever. Yeah, exactly. A few things I'll call out. One of them was actually another Samsung gadget, the Galaxy Camera. It is a camera that runs the current version of Android 4.1. So it's a newer version of Android that some phones are still being announced. And it uses that software to make it a lot easier to edit and share photos over Wi-Fi. It's just a camera. It's not a smartphone. Yeah, although the thing is it has like a 4.8-inch screen, so it's big enough. You could use that as your sort of portable media player on the flight over. It's not quite as big as a Galaxy, a Galaxy Note 2 screen, but it'll suffice. I think that's an interesting approach to dealing with the problem that cameras are getting better. On the other hand, you can't fit really good optics into a phone. So maybe the answer is to make the, the, the camera more capable of sharing photos on its own, provided you have some source of bandwidth for it. Uh, another interesting category, a lot of Windows 8 tablets that are sort of like Surface, except these companies like Dell, Lenovo, were actually able to talk about battery life, where Microsoft is still keeping the capabilities of their, their two Surface tablets a major secret. That's an interesting thing we should point out here. Windows 8 is supposed to ship October 26th. Yes. Microsoft said that the Windows RT version of the Surface tablet, the one for ARM processors, would ship with Windows 8. So as we speak, we are maybe, what, seven weeks away from that? Despite yeah. that, we don't have a complete set of specs. We don't have a retail price. We don't have a guarantee it will ever go on sale. And then we have that statement from Steve Ballmer, this is a design point, which sounds to me like, okay, they're telling their OEMs, come up with something good, otherwise we'll do it. Well, that's a reasonable thing for Microsoft to say. I think the company did the exact same thing when, you know, with, the, with all the retail stores. They just opened the newest one in uh, the Pentagon City Mall in Arlington, not far from D.C. here. They have the signature service where they get rid of all the crap bar on the computer. And everything sold in the store it has this nice, clean setup where, you know, you don't have the usual junk on the desktop and, you know, a start menu. So that's Microsoft saying, we don't think you were doing a good job with our operating system. Here's how, which is not something the old Microsoft used to do. Well, right now, Microsoft's in a situation where fewer and fewer people are buying personal computers. It's Microsoft's vision that the future of the PC is simply tablets or just PCs. Well, no. I mean, this is, this is what's going to make life very interesting once Windows 8 ships. Because, as we mentioned, the, the operating system comes in two flavors. RT, short for runtime, I think. That is the much more mobile-influenced version of Windows 8. It's only going to run apps written for the new interface. They used to call it Metro, and I think they're figuring out the new name for it. Well, you, the reason they stopped calling it Metro is there happens to be, and you were in Germany, maybe you saw this, there happens to be a supermarket chain called Metro. Well, I thought they were afraid of getting sued by the subway system in D.C. Well, uh, that I, might have been. You know, I more attention to this. Well, that could be it also, Metro. Or and I was saying, well, if you're going to worry about calling it the same name as a subway system, you can call it Underground. Right. Or, you can or call you, it BART. Yeah, but, you can call it IRT for people in New York. 
<laughs> you can call it the L like in Chicago. They did, yeah. The Microsoft L. But instead, yes. they're going to call it, I heard, Modern UI, which is as awkward as they get. Modern is better than calling it any version of Windows because the, the key thing about don't call it Metro, for those of you who all haven't seen it yet, there are no Windows. It's an entirely touch-optimized OS. It's a lot more like Windows Phone 7 and Windows Phone 8 than Windows as we've known it. So basically, that, it is a Windows-less operating yeah. system. Yeah, it, it's a huge change. It's, it's as if you were running you know, only iOS on a Mac and suddenly you, you, you had just this one app-at-a-time interface. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how this works not to people who go out of their own way to buy the upgrade to Windows 8 from Windows 7. Theoretically, they know what they're doing. But people who just buy a new computer because their old one breaks, they turn it on, and suddenly they're looking at the screen full of these interactive tiles, and there's no start menu, and there's no desktop or folders, and they don't know what the heck's going on. I think that's got to be a problem. I understand Microsoft wants to do something different. They want to seem innovative, but I think some of their innovations have been very questionable. I think the ribbon, for example... You know, use a ribbon instead of menu bars, and you have icons that aren't that well designed and not always clear and crisp as to the function. And we're all used to the menu. Operating systems have menus. And so Microsoft wants a ribbon. Now they want tiles. They're just driving people up the wall, and I think that's a very serious problem. We have Rob Peguerero, tech journalist, joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? 
Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Here it is, another election year. And here you are again wishing you knew more about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the other amendments, and the Declaration of Independence. But who has the time to study? Wouldn't it be nice if you could simply listen to them? And wouldn't it be great if they came packaged with an index? Yep, an index that lets you go to any part of the founding documents just by punching in a track number on your computer or CD player. What exactly is the Ninth Amendment? Track 10, play. It's that simple. The Founding Documents Collection on Audio CD. To get yours now, just go to Amazon.com and type in Founding Documents Collection CD. For just $19.95 and $3.99 shipping and handling, you'll have the firepower you need to argue from the ultimate facts that form our nation's foundation. Want to be a hero? Get one for you and give another to your local school for Constitution Day. Go to Amazon.com now and type in Founding Documents Collection CD. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg with rob pigarero who used to be with the washington post but now he freelances with another republications discovery and usa today and he's all over the place uh, i try to be right and he was also in Germany. We're talking about some of the interesting gadgets and, of course, Windows 8. Now, in terms of Windows 8 tablets, a lot of the products I've heard about seem to be like PC convertibles. So you buy a notebook, and it's kind of like you split the screen from the keyboard, and that's the touch tablet, right? A couple of ways to do it. There was one Sony I looked at where it looks like a somewhat complicated hinge, which allows the screen to flip over and fold flat against the keyboard, screen facing out. That's much more like the classic kind of convertible tablet we saw when tablet PCs first launched. With a lot of those, you'd have this weird sort of uh, knuckle joint between the screen and the rest of it, which would allow the screen to rotate around and flip down, screen out. The newer one, which I think is something easier to do with Windows RT, the simpler runtime version that only runs these modern UI applications, you simply physically detach the screen and the keyboard is more of a base. That's one Lenovo showed where the base... You know, it has the keyboard, uh, it's got a separate battery of its own, but you don't actually need that. You could use some other Bluetooth keyboard. The screen itself is sort of functional in its own right as a touchscreen device. The question I have here is whether that stuff is ever going to go anywhere, because tablets traditionally, before Apple came out with the iPad, were these convertible PCs. Yep. Yeah, if you, if you read some of Bill Gates' old speeches for the tablet PC concept, he was actually recently in the ball and foreseeing the iPad coming around, he said, you know, look, as storage gets cheaper and lighter, we get to flash memory instead of hard drives. 
these things will get, you know, lighter to carry around. It'll be faster. They'll run longer on a charge. And it's just one of those cruel ironies of history that somebody else had to implement his vision in an immensely popular form. Maybe the problem was with Bill Gates is that he had the basic overall concept in place. And maybe he saw Star Trek The Next Generation or Star Trek where Captain Kirk is playing with a tablet back in the 1960s. 2001 Space Odyssey as well. Sure. Tablets have been used in science fiction. There were tablet concepts going back to the 70s. So he might have been right with the basic tablet idea, the overreaching tablet idea, just didn't understand how to properly implement it on a PC. Yeah, or maybe if Microsoft had taken it upon itself going back 10 or 12 years, hey, we're going to do this one ourselves to show you how it's done, instead of relying on the people who, you know, if you look at the average build quality, software configuration quality on the, the Windows laptop of 2002, it was really not that good. Isn't any better now? Now you have a Windows computers. They're cheaper and cheaper. The profit margins are less. There's more and more low-cost components. Do you think they're any better now? I think people have figured out that the worst of the crapware has got to go, that having you know a net-zero installer on your laptop doesn't make it seem professionally done, especially if the laptop doesn't actually have a modem, a dial-up modem to use net-zero service. I'm surprised net-zero is still around. Yeah, well, you know, they just came out with this... Uh, 3G or 4G broadband service where it's free at some minimum level not too long ago, which actually that is kind of appealing where it's free dial-up service. No, thank you. Right. There it is now. Broadband internet, 4G mobile broadband, DSL dial-up, net zero. Wow. They never give up. You get a platinum, but a platinum is four gigabytes. I guess that's the bandwidth that you get. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, that's, that's more than what you can sometimes get from from a lot of uh, companies charging a considerably higher amount for their mobile broadband. What they're selling is mobile-level broadband for people. Maybe they live in places where they don't have a nearby broadband provider. Is that the reason for something like this to succeed? Uh, it could be just as a backup option. I mean, I'll tell you, this, this, last week, this last week in Germany was instructional about you know broadband while traveling. That's an interesting thing. Let's just mention that very briefly and get back to some more products in the remaining segments. Okay, you're traveling in Germany. Now, I know we had to do a family thing. We drove from Phoenix to Las Vegas, which is now like about a five-hour drive. And there, the broadband is the same as it is here. We have Cox Communications and Las Vegas, Nevada, Cox Communications. So the standard broadband options. Okay, now... If you're traveling to Germany, what do you get? Do you just go to whatever the hotel gives you? Well, that works fine until you leave the hotel. Here's what I did. I wound up, I went to Google I.O. Uh, two months ago, and every attendee for the press was a long-term loan. Everyone else was an outright gift. Got, uh, among other things, an unlocked Galaxy Nexus phone. So I was able to take this with me when I got to Germany, go to this electronic store around the corner from the hotel, and after realizing that, you know, all the labels were in German, get one of the sales clerks to say, you know, you want data, you want this, get this Vodafone thing. Ten euro included 300 megs of data on limited texting or really cheap texting and pretty cheap voice calling as well. This uh, is 10 euros. Yeah. The, Which is the, what, 12 $13? Yeah, 12 13 bucks. Got the current exchange rate. And the only hard thing... I. I need to look up what sort of rules govern this. I had to sign three different pieces of paper, and I can only pay for it in cash. So <laughs> there was no trace of German efficiency in this transaction. 
And I did have to wait. They said it was going to be half an hour for the SIM to be activated. It was more like five. But from that on, it worked fine. It was good coverage. Uh, and the nice thing was the phone being unlocked, and I guess the to this SIM card, bandwidth was bandwidth. When, predictably, the hotel Wi-Fi stopped working for no reason the last day, I was able to tether the phone to my laptop, check my email, get off. Didn't burn through the uh, 300 meg quota that way. So that worked pretty well. What kind of speed did you get? Did you measure it? No, I would say it was enough. I briefly watched a little bit of the uh, Nationals game. It was the, the tail end of this something like 8 nothing thrashing in the Cardinals we had a few days back. That was a mistake because that blew away about 50 megs right then and there. But it was enough to have good quality video. All right, so it was convenient. But that's, of course, just for a traveler. Now, yes. The people who live in Germany, have you ever explored what kind of broadband options they have? I have not. There's, there's actually the, the European carrier that's been in the news lately. There's a service in France called Free. It's not entirely free, but they started up, I guess they would offer mobile broadband for free to their landline customers. But now the pricing they have for regular mobile data is ridiculously, ridiculously cheap. Something like the equivalent of 30 bucks for the plane, you might pay 84 here. It's not a flattering comparison to the U.S. And, you know, there are differences. Apparently part of free success is they're getting very, very cheap access to France Telecom's facilities. The government wants to encourage competition. France Telecom used to be the state monopoly. So I guess th- there are different quirks about things work that I'm not completely read up on. I know here in America you've explored other broadband options, but where I live, for example, and this I wonder why this is even legal. I live in a complex here that was wired by one of the cable broadband providers, Cox. Yep. So obviously if I want television, I don't have to have Cox. I can have satellite TV like Direct TV or Dish Network. Yep. If I want television, there's another option, at least for broadband and some TV, by a company used to be known as Quest. It's now CenturyLink. Yep. But CenturyLink can't give me broadband, even though they do have the service in the area because they didn't wire this complex. And because they didn't wire, they're not allowed in. And I just wonder, why do we allow that to happen? Why can't customers have a choice? If I want broadband today, other than paying for the mobile broadband with AT&T or Verizon or something, I can't get it. I just have to have Cox. That's it for me. Or basically use smoke signals. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other potential broadband customers in the U.S., they're only looking at the one incumbent carrier in town. It looked for a while that there would be a little more competition. Verizon was rolling out Fios, but now they've basically decided that they've reached the sort of state of detente with the cable companies. The cable companies are selling some spectrum to Verizon. Verizon is going to market the cable company services in places where they only have DSL. And already DSL is not great competition for cable because it is generally much slower. You can actually make DSL run very quickly. I talked to a company back last winter that was doing 20 or at least 20 megabits per second DSL. I'll tell you what, CenturyLink is offering a service where it's 5 megabits upload, which is the same as Cox Cable, 40 yep. down. And Cox that's is offering 55 or 60, so that's pretty close. Actually, but, that's yeah, much better than most. Yeah, but the problem is, of course, you have to be in an area where the equipment is very close because, obviously, DSL, this is called ADSL, asymmetric DSL, because the upload and download speeds are different. It should work. It sounds interesting in theory, 
But unless they wire the area or the wiring meets their standards, it's pretty flaky. And very few people can ever get that speed. It's good for bragging rights, sort of. But then how do you brag about a product and a service that's inferior to another company? Yeah. It's it's kind of of screwy. A little bit more with Rob Pegarero, independent tech journalist, joining us with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi. This is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Since 1974, Evelyn Gibson has helped thousands of people live healthier, happier, and more productive lives. Gibson'sHealth.com demonstrates, educates, and inspires customers to replace their healthy roast of lifestyles with a health-enhancing one. Now, Gibson'sHealth.com is pleased to offer AIM Ready Beets Pure Juice Powder. Beet juice has long been known as a blood purifier and builder of red blood cells. The American Heart Association says one in three adults has high blood pressure and hypertension. Researchers found that a daily glass of beet juice beats high blood pressure. And not only that, just a teaspoon or two a day of Ready Beets powder increased stamina by 16%. Certainly, drinking beet juice daily is a better solution than most meds with their side effects. Order your fresh, convenient form juice powder of this amazing vegetable called Ready Beets from GibsonsHealth.com. To buy at wholesale prices, call 800-388-6844 or go to GibsonsHealth.com. Gibson's Healthful Living. Since 1974, over 30,000 healthier customers. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Rob Pegarero was in Germany exploring IFA, the trade show, covering not just consumer electronics, but a wide variety of gear, Washing machines even, the latest, greatest washing machines. But we're not going to talk about washing machines here. Sometimes we get into other gadgets when we talk to Steve Krush and Mr. Gadget. But we're going to focus on the stuff that you're interested in. Okay, in terms of tablets, and we kind of segue to broadband and everything else. Go back to tablets really quickly here. In terms of ARM-based tablets, anything really, really interesting from the traditional PC manufacturers for Windows 8? Yeah, there were a couple of things. Dell, they had this, you know, Windows 8, they had a Windows 8 RT tablet. Uh, they had a 27-inch touchscreen computer that is sort of trying to optimize that for Windows 8's touch capabilities as well, which I think is smart because 
having tried Windows 8 on a non-touch device, a lot of the gestures they, they expect you to do don't work well with the mouse. You're shoving, you're spending a lot of time shoving the cursor from left to right, up, down, back, forth. Uh, That's the problem I have with Windows 8 for desktop, is yeah. that there are things there that probably would work better with a touch screen, but with a mouse and a keyboard, it's just downright awkward. Yeah, it's interesting to see so many people betting so heavily on tablets after you remember when everyone thought, oh, Microsoft has declared this is the year of the tablet. Let's get our, our competitors in the market. And then nothing really happened. And people, I guess, must have lost a lot of money and time on that detour. Well, here we are trying it again. I think Windows 8 has some advantages, like not requiring you to use a stylus for everything, but still a gamble. But nothing really compelling in terms of the tablets they were showing, really. Well, sound like the it. tablets, it's going to depend a lot. And here's where I just haven't had enough time trying the actual software because it's kind of too soon to see the actual software. How many apps are we going to see written for Windows 8's modern UI that you can easily get through the marketplace, their, their app store, instead of going through installers and uninstallers? Are they going to be sufficiently high quality? Will they be updated rapidly enough? It's going to be hard to pronounce a verdict on Windows 8 until we see that, and that's going to take a few months to sort out. And the other question, of course, is that the major companies like an Adobe, they're not going to build versions of Creative Suite just for the modern UI. It's going to have to be something that works under a traditional Windows interface because that would require basically changing everything about the software that people expect. Well, I mean, Microsoft is doing that as well. And apparently the, you know, the, there's some setting you need to change in uh, Microsoft Office, the upcoming version, to make it actually work well. You have to activate this touch mode. Apparently, once that's done, it's it's a good competitive product. I suspect you will see a lot of smaller companies moving in this way first. You know, you might not see a version of Photoshop that really does a whole lot with the touch UI, but I'd want to know what the people behind that uh, PaintNet, so it's a good free app, it's sort of a rough equivalent to graphic converter, what they're doing for Windows 8. So that reminds me, I should... You know, well, you know what, graphic converter, by the way, is one of our sponsor partners for several years. I had years. no idea. <laughs> we like them. We like Thorsten Lemke. He's a great guy and puts out a great product and is as dedicated as any developer I've ever seen to putting, yeah, keeping this product right. and updating it regularly. And it's not because, obviously, he pays some of the bills because he's an advertiser. It is something that I've been using for years, ever, even before I knew him. It's a really good product. Okay, so there will be smaller developers who will jump into it. My concern about Windows 8, of course, is the enterprise is going to look at this, and they don't want to have to spend money to train, retrain their employees. They're going to say, well, we'll go with Windows 7. I mean, just now, what, the last few months, we hear that the number of personal computers around the world with Windows 7 finally exceeded Windows XP. See, that's, that's what I sort of focus on, because I know when people are stuck in those shops. If the advent of Windows 8, gets the, the enterprise and corporate IT to think that Windows 7 is, is sufficiently obsolete, it's safe to upgrade to that, they'll be doing a lot of people a favor across all of computing because I cringe because I'm tired of it. It was new in 2001. I was a much younger man then. Yeah, you think about an operating system from 2001, and you have to remember the first version of Mac OS X, other than the public beta, came out in March of that year. In the fall of that year, Microsoft ships Windows XP. And now, 11 years later, finally, it is no longer the majority operating system on the Windows platform. That's got to be crazy. It's frightening. Yeah, it's, it's longevity, that's for sure. Stubbornness of a sort. 
Well, it's a question is other than the fact that the current operating systems are more resilient to malware, they're more stable. Has Microsoft really done anything in terms of the usability to make Windows 7 better than Windows XP? Is it more useful? Going from XP to Vista, there were a lot of changes, and a lot of them, in Vista, they were heavily towards trying to secure things, and it was some improvement. They didn't realize how annoying the user account control dialogue was going to be. Going from Vista to 7, there was a lot of good refinements. If you stick to the desktop side of Windows 8, for non-ARM machines, just regular Intel boxes, that's a better upgrade as well because it uses less memory. It's definitely faster. It's just there's no start menu, so you're kind of driven crazy by having to flip over to the modern UI every time you want to launch a new application. Wouldn't that be room for someone to come in there and say, hey, we will add the capabilities in our app of the start menu and stick it in the traditional Windows desktop, which is basically just an app under Windows 8? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not the first thing you see. Microsoft really wants people to make this transition, and it's it's not something they usually do. And will people do it kicking and screaming, or will they embrace it, or will Microsoft wake up next year and say, "Oops"? Doubt they'll say "Oops," but it, this could be a long process. You remember all the people who were tearing their hair, hair out over Vista, which wasn't that big of a change compared to XP. You know, those people. They won't be tearing their hair out. They'll be lighting it on fire when they have a look at Windows 8. Well, they'll be selling a lot of hair replacements. Okay, so it's still an economic stimulus of some sort. That's right. Those are selling hair replacements, and they're going to make a lot of money. Think about it. It's making one industry become superior because (laughs) of what Microsoft does. Microsoft will basically enhance the hair replacement industry. Okay, let's just look at a couple of other things here before we let you go out the window there or through the doorway with Elvis. That is, did you get to see anything other than smartphones and computers, get to see some of the TV sets and stuff like that? Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff in home audio and video. One thing in particular jumped out at me. Uh, in the European market, they actually have this thing called standards, such that if you want to buy a Blu-ray recorder with the, with the built-in hard drive to be your DVR, and have it just work with your cable system, you can. They use a standard called DVB-C. If you want to buy one for your satellite system, DVB-S is the logo to look for on the box. And here, you know, you have TiVo, which does cable card, and really no one else has been in the mass market at all, which is why. That's the interesting thing here. Here, basically, each cable and satellite system is it's proprietary. And they were supposed to have, like, a cable card 2 system, which allows for two-way for video on demand, but it never went anywhere, did it? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, it's not as if all the bright ideas in home video recording are confined to the people who work for cable and satellite operators. And you have so, to also wonder, why should they care? Because if they have a customer. Right. If they get a customer anyway, it doesn't matter what box you use, except maybe they feel there's a greater level of lock-in if you're using their DVR. But no, because you're only leasing it for a few dollars a month or getting it free. So what does it matter if you go to another service and they give you their DVR? I will say it did sort of trouble us when we had this DVR. We were thinking of canceling our satellite. We had like 30 or 40 hours of recordings on it, but then the hard drive crashed, and we didn't have to worry about those recordings anymore. Or you get to watch everything and have kind of this orgy of TV watching to catch up on all the shows that you missed because 
you're getting something new. Okay, so there they've got standards for things like that. So you don't have the proprietary standard. You can basically buy a box and then go to the service you want. Yeah, exactly, which I would kind of like to see things work that way here. Probably not going to happen. I think Apple wants to do that, though, with Apple TV. Apple TV, they are reportedly contacting the cable and satellite providers to provide the Apple TV as the front end. If they can do it, good luck. I mean, they may need to buy the Federal Communications Commission first. <laughs> I, saw, I thought all the vested interests did that already. We have Rob Pegarero, independent tech journalist. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. 1-866-277-3366. The code Seen one to save 10%. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables, and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Rob Pegarero, tech journalist who writes for USA Today, Discovery, and elsewhere. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We were talking about lots of tech issues, but also IFA, the tech show in Germany. What about TV sets? We have this OLED. Yes. Technology that if you want to buy a set today, it's going to cost five times more than your LCD or plasma. But so much better. Well, it sure looks nice. OLED, it's organic light-emitting diode. A lot of phones have had OLED screens for a while, but making these screens in TV-sized dimensions has been a lot of work. Well, now LG was showing off an 84-inch OLED set. Samsung is working on them as well. But, yeah, you know, my TV is kind of against the wall. It's not suspended from a ceiling so everybody can see how thin it is. So I don't find that enormously appealing. I'm also not too jazzed by 4K sets where you have four times HD resolution. Because, you know, from my couch, my not all that old 40-inch LCD is a retina display. I can't see the pixels from my couch. So It's kind of like a 27-inch iMac. You look at the 27-inch iMac, which is, what, 18, 20 inches away from your eyes. That's retina enough for me. I don't think Apple will do it. Maybe they will do it, but it's going to cost more. And who yeah, knows if exactly. it's worth the technology. I understand for a notebook. Okay, so 4K... That sounds like nonsense. They're always displaying features that are nonsense. But OLED has interesting features that they can make it affordable. Right. It's kind of like a better version of plasma in terms of picture quality. Because, you know, one of the problems with LED displays is the viewing angle is not as good as plasma. So if you're watching the TV from an angle, the picture dims, the quality isn't as good, stuff like that. Or they have to have special circuitry for action scenes because they don't look quite as crisp as on plasma. So OLED is supposed to resolve all this. Yes, there is that in terms of things like uh, contrast ratio, refresh rates. But the other thing is the LCD makers, uh, many of these are now called LEDs because they're backlit with LEDs instead of fluorescent lamps. They've had a lot of time to get better and better at this. Because I've seen a lot of technologies come out where people said, you know, really, this is what's going to be the alternative to plasma. But LCDs have gotten cheaper and cheaper to make. You know, I, I don't want to look at what they 
cost nowadays because I know it's going to be so much less than what we paid for this 40 incher in 2009. I'll give you one example. I saw Vizio, their top line set, 55 inches. This is an LED set. And by the way, it's a good set. The picture is really good. The viewing angle is good enough that you're not going to see the traditional deficiencies of older LCDs. It's what, $1,100 at Sam's Club? Yeah. It's 3D, but it's passive 3D, so you don't have to have the expensive glasses. It's just like the glasses you get from the movie theater. Just take them with you. That's good. And I think it's a perfectly decent set. We're working with Vizio. Maybe we'll get one to review. But the point is here is that the mainstream LED set today is a lot closer to what you got with plasma, say, a few years ago. And good enough is a pretty powerful selling point in this business. Yes. So I'll, I'll tell you what the other part of Ether that interests me a whole lot, because I'm a foodie. A lot of these appliance manufacturers are showing off what they had. Refrigerators, ovens, dishwashers, washers, dryers. And one thing I didn't know was going to happen is because you have all these people showing off these kitchen gadgets, they want to show what they can do. So you're walking through these halls that are focused on appliances, and it smells absolutely wonderful because everyone is bringing up coffee or mixing smoothies or something else. You could get pretty fat just walking around that part of the, the exhibit area. So you look pretty thin, though. Well, I walked around a lot, tried to make up for that. But tell us more about these things. Yeah, it's, I guess this is one side effect of having this be open to everyday consumers. You know, I'm a tech journalist. I, I, if I'm going to review something, I'll try it on my own home at length. But if you're trying to make a pitch to the general public, you know, why not give them a bite to eat? Give them a cup of really good coffee or an espresso to take with them. Yeah, Aoife is this large electronic show, but it also amounts to a very large cooking show. So basically, is there anything that they don't have at Aoife? <laughs> I didn't see quite as many. The phone accessories area was smaller than a CES. You didn't have an entire lower level or most of a lower level devoted to that. You know, because it is geared towards the European market, that there are certain categories that are maybe a little more widely represented, like compact dishwashers or skinnier fridges that fit into interesting sizes and shapes and kitchens. You know, less of the really huge sets that you would see at CES. But, you know, I, I consider them impractical for the average American house as well because we really only have that much open wall space in any given home. So this is, of course, considering the fact that homes in Europe tend to be smaller. Yes, yes. It's a little, little more compact. You know, apparently you do make up for that by having really good coffee on hand at all times, which there's a lot to be said for that. Well, there is. Definitely there is that. But I think the bigger argument here is that with all these various TV sets that you've got there flooding the market, and as I said, you get perfectly good sets. I don't think it's really possible to get a bad TV anymore. I mean, I had a relative who their TV set basically blew out or stopped working after about 20 years, an old CRT TV. They went and bought an LCD set, 40-inch brand name for, what, three, $400, and it was great. The picture is really good. There aren't bad sets anymore. There are different levels of good. There's good, there's very good, there's excellent. But the difference in quality is not that drastic. And a lot of times you put them together side by side, you don't see that much of a difference. And in this climate, does it make sense for a company like Apple to come out with their own TV set? Where's the upside in that? Wouldn't it be better just to have the set-top box and put all the gadgetry in there? I've never really seen the logic of the, the Apple TV, the, the not-Apple TV, Apple TV rumors, mainly because if, if you're going to get into that market, you run into the same problem as Google with Google TV, which is making sure your device, your TV or your box, works with all of these different cable and satellite systems in the U.S., whereas we've noted there are no standards. It's an engineering challenge, but it also 
once the customer buys this product, takes it home, finds that it doesn't work, or that they're missing certain features they have with their DVR, it becomes a tech support problem. I cannot see the Apple that didn't want to have AT&T tampering with the design of their phone, accepting that either deliberate or just over deliberate inattention or oversight or whatever by a Comcast or a Cox is, is going to make their TV look bad. No, that, that seems to go against everything I know of Apple's DNA. What they would want instead is to take the Apple TV and make it a front end, make it a different kind of TiVo with the DVR and the cloud, and make that the front end for Cox and Comcast and Dish Network and DirecTV if they'll go along with it. And Apple would have to sell them a pretty good deal. They'd have to get yeah. almost, they'd have to, for example, have a deal where if you subscribe to one of those services from Apple TV, they get a kickback or something like that. There has to be something that is profitable to them because that's what it's all about. Exactly. You look at what Apple had to do to get record labels on, on board with the iTunes store. That is nothing compared to what it would take to get the cable industry and all the, the channels that support it to abandon their entire existing business proposition. And go and, with Apple. But we'll have to reserve that for further discussions because it's not going to happen anytime soon as far as any of us are concerned. Rob Pegarero, where do our listeners find more of the stuff you do? Uh, my own personal blog is at robpegarero.com. You can find me at usatoday.com, news.discovery.com. I do a little blogging for the Consumer Electronics Association at blog.ce.org. And you can find me in various other places, depending where you're at. I think the last separate piece I did was something for, where have I been? I've been in Boing Boing, Ars Technica. He's been everywhere. In fact, it's hard to find a place where Rob has not written lately. (laughs) He's ubiquitous. The ubiquitous Rob Pegarero. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. We've all heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. A wise saying for sure. Now apply that wisdom to nutrition. Don't judge milk by the animal. Camel milk, the best kept health secret ever. See for yourself at camelmilkforsale.com and look for the summer camel milk special. Loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk, camel milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk. 10 times higher in iron. Plus, it contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testify 
verified that drinking camel milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm, shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under products and pricing for the summer special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com. America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision. Vision Plasma pH drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. Spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 800-518-7615. 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. This segment is brought to you by Crush FTP. Now, Crush FTP is what they call an FTP file server. And it runs great on Macs, including Mountain Lion, on Windows, also, it runs on Linux, and you run your own file server. You can run it in the cloud or hosted on your computer. And this way, it lets your customers drag and drop the files they need to upload or retrieve from a web client. So if they're using Internet Explorer on Windows, Safari, or Chrome on the Mac, whatever, they can use drag and drop to upload files, multiple files. Prices start at $40. Go to crushftp.com crushftp.com Lots of action with Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. He was at the IFA trade show in Germany last week and he's still recovering as most of us would be from these transatlantic flights and also this week Nokia announced new lineup of Lumia smartphones including the 920 which is the successor Avram to the 900. Now the 900 didn't do all that well. What's the big hope for the 920? The camera. Because it it has this quote unquote they call it a pure view camera 
that has an f2.0 aperture that means it should be really good at low light uh, and should make your pictures real look really good without flash and because it has uh, image stabilization it's got the whole camera piece and lens actually has springs built in to kind of help it move. Supposedly, it can hold the aperture open longer without creating blur. That's the promise of it, anyway. Now, I heard that they have this commercial that they made showing stabilization, not stabilization, but it was later revealed that it was a fake picture done with a regular traditional camera. They got busted by people online who examined the video and saw the reflections of the video camera in, I think, a truck that the person on the bike in the video rolled by. When confronted with it, a Nokia representative said, well, we weren't trying to fool anyone. Yeah, right. Right, sure. Oh, yeah, we're not trying to fool anybody. We're just making a fake commercial just so you'd see what we're doing. Oh, come on now. They've gotten busted again as well with the still photos that they put up to show what the low-light performance of the Lumia 920 is. Apparently, people were able to tell. In fact, they have pictures of someone using it. A tripod and a fancy DSLR to shoot the pictures. And another picture, there's a shadow on uh, the woman's arm who's in the picture showing that there was an external light source that was projected onto her. So, in other words, they're all fake. If the Lumia 920 has such a great camera, why can't they show us the pictures? Apple does with their iPhone 4S, and they certainly will with the iPhone 5 if there is an updated camera with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem here is just a larger problem in terms of how tech companies are presenting their new products to the public. There's this really bad trend, which I call the under-glass trend, for manufacturers to announce a product without really opening it up to public scrutiny. The Surface from Microsoft. Yeah, the Surface is, I think, the best example. And I I certainly fault my fellow journalists for and and some of the public for being so enthusiastic about a product where so little has been revealed. Microsoft showed the Surface to people. They didn't reveal – forget the price or availability. They didn't reveal what kind of screen it had. They didn't talk much about the processor or the battery life. All they did was – show that it has an attractive-looking keyboard. It's got a a Chrome-looking chassis, and it's made by Microsoft, and now everyone wants one. Oh, sure they want one. And remember when some members of the press tried to use it, like somebody tried to type the quick brown fox on the external keyboard to see how well it worked, and they weren't allowed to even finish the sentence. It sounds like a prototype, an early prototype of a product, and instead of actually having this thing ready in time for Windows 8, October 26th, maybe it will be October 26th, another year. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be ready by then. But I just think we should all withhold our judgment of products that haven't been tested by an objective third party. So it, at the Nokia event, fortunately, they had people who were demonstrating the Nokia phones for us, and we could sort of take photos and video of them demonstrating it. However, they didn't let us handle the phone and take photos with it. You know, and when we asked certain, you know, of the demonstrators, hey, could you take a picture of this or do that? They weren't so helpful. The only thing that I saw them do there that seemed to show that the phone has good low light performance is they had a little sort of dark box with a flower, a vase of flowers in it. And they went and took a photo in front of me of the flowers that were sitting in the dark box. 
and it looked pretty bright. And then they asked my boss, Mark Spoonauer, why don't you take a photo with your iPhone of the same thing? And he did, and you could barely see the, the flowers. So in theory, that shows that the low light worked. They didn't really do anything to show us that the image stabilization worked. We asked for a demo of it, and they they shot a video or photo with it. But they didn't really show us the output of the photo to see how good it was. You know, it's it's very highly controlled, and maybe this feature is good, but we haven't really had enough evidence to see whether it's good. Now, on the flip side, for someone who's doing it right, when I was in IFA in Berlin at the IFA show, Samsung unveiled its new Galaxy camera, and they said, hey, this is not fully baked, but they put out a slew of the Galaxy cameras on the show floor and let people use them. They set up a little Lego sculpture for people to shoot with the camera so they could actually experience using it. And the cameras were connected to the internet, so a lot of us just went and typed in our email addresses and emailed ourselves the photos that we took. Let's point out here the Galaxy camera from Samsung, and we mentioned it briefly in the previous section with Rob Pegarero, and that is the Galaxy camera is a product that uses the Android OS, but it's not a smartphone, it's strictly a camera. What's interesting about the Galaxy camera is it it wasn't necessarily to Samsung's advantage to put them out because the photos that I emailed myself were not very good. Uh, Looking, I hope that they improve the camera before it comes out because the pictures were really dark and noisy and I was using their auto mode, which is supposed to be good enough. And the pictures were not good, were not really good at all. I mean, they always look good. It's not as good as the $200 Canon. Yeah. It wasn't as good as some cell phone cameras that I've used. Hopefully, hopefully they fix these problems, or maybe there's a setting that I could have tweaked, although I used about four different cameras there to take photos. We'll have to see, but I give Samsung a lot of credit for putting their demo where their mouth is and actually putting products out on the floor for people to, to use and play with and, and even having them internet connected so you can mail the photos to yourself. That's how a press conference should be. That's how an unveiling should be, and that's how Apple does it, right? As soon as they unveil whatever new iPhone product they're going to unveil, I promise you that they will have a whole bunch of them out for journalists to test. Always, and they have a chance to see if it's as good as Apple claims. Now, interesting that Nokia, in demonstrating their new Windows Phone products, are following the Microsoft Playbook especially with the Surface, which is give the press limited access. And also Microsoft has been known to maybe, as they say, overemphasize a few things in commercials, like, for example, the ones they used to have of someone buying a notebook computer at a store, supposedly a normal person, and these were all actors from reality shows or something. So those commercials were pretty much fake. When does the new Nokia line go on sale? The rumor is November 2nd. It's kind of late in the season, though, isn't it? It is, and the worst thing about this is that no one is going to buy the old Nokia phones that are on sale now because they, to use the technical term, Osborne themselves, they announced a while ago that their Windows Phone 7.5 phones weren't going to get an upgrade to Windows Phone 8. So why would you buy the Lumia 900 today when you know that there's something significantly better coming in a month? You know, this phrase, Osborne, this is an old computer legend or story that goes back, I guess, to the 1980s, as I recall. I'm going to ask you, Avram, to explain what Osborne means and what it means to the tech industry. 
Once again, this portion of the Tech Night Out Live was brought to you by Crush FTP, which runs fine on every OS, Mac, Windows, even Linux. Run your own FTP server on your own computer or run it in the cloud on a hosted virtual machine. Learn more at crushftp.com, crushftp.com. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining me. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com. And as you know, because we have him on the show, he's one of our favorite guests. In fact, we had one of your colleagues on last week. Mike Prospero. So I heard. I was eating schnitzel when he was on. <laughs> well, I... the food in Germany really can't be beat. I hear tell. My son's been to Berlin. I feel jealous of him. Okay, let's go back to the story. The legend, Osborne Computers, a product from the 1980s. And then they announced a new model. Tell us. Well, you know, this was going on back in the in the early 80s. The Osborne computer was one of the first PCs, the Osborne One. But what happened is the uh, owner, Adam Osborne, began showing uh, the next version of his product, the Osborne Executives, the Osborne Executive, to journalists before it was coming out. And so people started canceling their orders for the Osborne One, and that really that really killed his sales. So this is why Apple never talks about never talks about what it's going to do down the road. As far as we know, Apple will never release another iPhone or iPad again. It will be selling the iPhone 4S in 2020 still running 3G and it will be selling the iPad uh, the new iPad third generation, you know, well into the next decade because as far as we know, Apple has not committed to ever come out with another new product again. I mean, we all know that they will, but they don't tell people what they're going to do. Other companies, I think, do a better job of sort of telegraphing what they're going to do and how they're going to refresh things. But the the problem is when you tell someone that something better is coming, that tends to have a, a depressing effect on sales of current models, particularly if the new model is so much better than the old one. And that's certainly the case when you're talking about the Lumia 920 versus the 900. It was really a messed up situation. You have to think about something here. The only time Apple really announces something far in advance is when there's a very important strategic reason, like the first iPhone was announced, what, six months before it came on sale. But, of course, that stopped dead probably consideration of some other products and it was a direction apple was going in the first ipad was announced some weeks before it went on sale 
but no subsequent model because you don't want to kill sales of existing product. In fact, Apple is already suffering because people are holding off buying a new iPhone because the iPhone 5 will be out in a little bit later this month. So people are avoiding the iPhone 4S as a result. In fact, it seems to happen more with Apple products than with other companies. Well, I think people expect that a new Apple product is going to be significantly better than the prior one. When you're talking about Android products, generally, you know, things are iteratively better. So, and, of course, okay. they come up with a new Android product every hour. Right. And so that it's the same thing with PCs. So when you're just getting a little bit better or better in ways that you are not necessarily tangible – People will go out and buy something when they need it. But when you think that, okay, a month or two from now, there's going to be a completely revolutionary new product and the cost of it is predictable. We know that the new iPhone will probably be $199. That, that's just how it normally breaks out. So if you know that it's going to be about the same price that you're paying today, why not just hold out? Exactly. That might also explain why more and more Samsung phones are being resold. I guess also that's a reaction to the Apple Samsung suit. But as a practical matter, I expect by this point that Samsung has already done the workarounds they need to do to get past Apple's patents, haven't they? Yeah, well, we'll we'll have to see what they have to do to get past Apple's patents. I think this is still up in the air. I mean, Pinch to Zoom still works on their phones. In fact, every new Android device that we've seen lately still has Pinch to Zoom. What about so, Bounce Back? I think they're getting rid of Bounce Back, but that's not a feature that a lot of people will notice. But if they have to get rid of something like Pinch to Zoom or Slide to Unlock, people are really going to notice that. And it's going to have a ripple effect across the industry because if they have to do it, Samsung's got a lot of money to duke this out in court. Does HTC have as much money to duke it out in court as Samsung does? Maybe. Does Does Google and Motorola have that much money? Probably. But what about the smaller companies that make Android tablets? What about the, you know, Arcoses and you know Enols and Cherry Pals of the world? Do they have money to pay? to pay lawyers to fight for their right to pinch to Zoom uh, on their you know $50 tablets or to pay a hefty licensing fee to Apple and another one to Microsoft. This could, If this really gets upheld on a, on a consistent basis, it could certainly force a lot of lower-end vendors out of the Android market. Of course, you wonder with the new Amazon tablets whether that's going to help, especially also if Apple comes up with a smaller iPad. But right now, just looking at the options in the mobile phone industry we have nokia it seems falling down on the job in introducing a new flagship because they destroyed the sales of the existing lumia 900 if they were not already destroyed by dint of the fact that they can't get the new microsoft operating system they did a mess on that but looking at the situation here with smartphone makers they are paying microsoft many of them, a license fee, even though they're running Android, which is free, because Microsoft supposedly owns these patents. So might as well give up Android and go to Microsoft and get Windows Phone. Maybe if enough makers were offering Windows Phone products as their flagship models, that operating system would go somewhere? What do you think? I think the issues with Windows Phone are just the amount of flex. Really, the big issue with Windows Phone is twofold. Apps and flexibility. So there are not a lot of apps in the App Store for Windows Phone. 
And I think a lot of people, users, would find that difficult. But second of all, there's just not a lot of flexibility for the hardware manufacturer to go in and do special things. Now, Nokia has done what they can by providing a supposedly better camera than you'll find elsewhere, a brighter screen which has uh, special touchscreen abilities that you can actually use gloves and still use the touchscreen. So they've done some innovating there. They obviously have a really nice design. But the question is, how much can they customize the OS and customize the experience? Microsoft is loosening up a bit with Windows Phone 8, but really they're going to have to show the hardware vendors that this is really in their interest. Because Android is so open, you see hardware vendors finding new and interesting ways to kind of build their own little effects into the operating system. Sometimes these can be a little bit disruptive, like when you pick up a Samsung Galaxy S3 and you realize that the buttons at the bottom don't do the same thing as when you picked up the Samsung Galaxy Nexus, which is a pure Google experience. But other times it also allows the manufacturer to build in some really neat features. So The thing you worry about, though, here is branding. I mean, is there a brand Android look if every company who makes an Android phone changes it? And by the way, the new Amazon tablets, they're using Android too, but of course they've changed everything about it, so you really can't tell unless you look real closely. So if you don't have a consistent look and feel for Android, how does that enhance the brand? Well, it it certainly enhances the brand of the manufacturer. And does Android need to be the overriding brand? I think people are wise enough to realize, hey, there's the Google Play Store here. It runs a common set of apps. It basically works the same. I think we've had this in the Windows uh, ecosystem for a long time. I mean, Windows basically looks the same on every computer, but, you know, buy a Lenovo computer and you'll find a different set of utilities on it and a different wallpaper than you'll find when you get an HP laptop. And that's okay. People understand that there's some slight differences, but we're basically using the same operating system. I think users can understand that with Android. I think the biggest problem is that there's fragmentation in terms of who's getting and not getting the latest version of the OS. So even as Motorola is bought, has been bought by Google, they just announced this week a set of new phones and they couldn't manage to get the latest Google operating system onto those phones, although they're promising to do it by the end of the year. But, I mean, this company owns you, and you can't have the latest version of their operating system on your phone. That really shows a problem. Yeah, that's still the big issue here. A brand-new product, you're saying this is the latest and greatest hardware. Oh, yes, we got last year's operating system on it. It's like Apple sells the iPhone 5 with iOS 5. It'd be just as foolish. You think if you want to promote this, you'd sell the latest and greatest operating system. And it's got to really be a mess, especially if they have to all start making changes because they don't want to infringe on Apple's patents. And they're dealing with several different operating systems that are still current because current products are using them. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Since 1974, Evelyn Gibson has helped thousands of people live healthier, happier, and more productive lives. Gibson'sHealth.com demonstrates, educates, and inspires customers to replace their healthy rows of lifestyles with a health-enhancing one. Now, clean up your body and colon without fasting using Herbal Fiber Blend from Gibson'sHealth.com. Most colon cleansers require you to fast and do colon irrigations, but Herbal Fiber Blend is the only body and colon cleanser that cleans without fasting. A plaque colon invites parasites and candida and we are overweight because we must eat twice as much to absorb good nutrients herbal fiber blend also cleans the kidneys and liver not just the colon no other cleanser on the market compares to herbal fiber blend to buy herbal fiber blend from gibson's health at wholesale prices call 800-388-6844 that's 800-388-6844 or go to gibsonshealth.com since 1974 over 30,000 healthier customers Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we focus very briefly on IFA the trade show in Berlin, Germany, but also the new Lumia 920 and this, like, was it 720 or is it an 820, the other product, the cheaper one? It was one. the 820. Okay, who could remember anymore? Yeah. It will be shipping in November and already Nokia is suffering because they prepare these ads showing the camera's abilities, but they use professional gear, not the cameras themselves. Oh, well, there you go. Let's go to Amazon. Amazon this week introduced new Kindles, Kindle Fire HD tablets. Give us a background. Based on the popularity of last year's Kindle Fire, which was the first really credible $199 tablet, Amazon came out with a slew of new Kindle Fires this week. First, you have at the low end of the spectrum the $169 Kindle Fire, which is now the successor to last year's Kindle Fire, it has the same 1024 by 600 screen, but it has and now has a slightly faster TI OMAP processor, and it has a front-facing webcam, so you can do web chats, and supposedly it has better Wi-Fi. Then for 199, you have the seven-inch Amazon Kindle Fire HD, which is a seven-inch 1080 by 720 720p screen so you've stepped up to hd 
So the screen is supposedly anti-reflective and it's no air gaps and it's higher resolution, which is obviously better for movies and photos. Then if you step up a little bit more to 299, there's an 8.9 inch version of the same tablet that runs at a whopping 1920 by 1200 resolution. Uh, really sharp on a par with the highest end Android tablets we have in terms of pixel density. So it's actually even more pixels per inch than, say, the Transformer, the latest EPAD Transformer Prime, but it's still not quite as dense as the new iPad. Finally, for $499, you can get the same 8.9-inch tablet with a 4G LTE radio inside. And for $50 for the year, you can get 250 megabytes a month of data transfer on AT&T's 4G LTE network. But unfortunately, it's not um, 250 megabytes is almost nothing. You watch one movie and you've used up your space and then... Less, less than one. Now, the pricing is aggressive, but... Let's listen to what Amazon's doing. I'm going to read something here, which is available with the new Kindle Fire HD. It undercuts everyone with pricing. But according to this, which comes from Amazon's site, by the way, special offers and sponsored screensavers. You'll receive special offers and sponsored screensavers directly on your Kindle Fire HD. They give you examples of what they are. Your offers display on the lock screen and lower left-hand corner of the home screen. They don't interrupt use of the device. But it sounds like they're playing the Google game, which is a stick ads in there. Yep. That's how they make so. it cheaper. So is that worth $100 savings or $150 savings on one of these devices? Well, it's annoying. You don't have the option to not have it if you want this device. So if you like the you device. You can't say, hey, I'll give you $50 or $100, get rid of it. They haven't made that available like they have with some of the grayscale e-readers. So you're kind of stuck with those ads. Now, I think we've all gotten used to kind of having everything paper and ads anyway. So I don't think it's a real concern for most users. It is annoying that you're paying for something and you're getting these ads. But the reality of the situation is that Amazon is taking a huge loss on these things in the hopes that you will sign up for their services and buy things from them. While these are Android devices, and in theory, you could totally avoid Amazon and never pay Amazon another dime after you bought them. Now, we understand that. And I guess, in a sense, that's what Google's trying to do with the Nexus 7, which is, of course, you have Google Play, and they hope that you will take advantage of the services. But you see, with Amazon, we understand. There's hardly any product out there that you can't buy on Amazon. You could sit there, and you could just... Is simply maybe get a book or something like that or an ebook. We understand that. But you can also go onto Amazon and I can't begin to tell you what we buy there. I mean, you can buy groceries there in some cities. You buy toys, you buy health and beauty aids. It's not just computers and books and stuff like that. It is amazing what they have on there. I think one of these days you'd be able to buy cars there. You can buy parts for cars right now. You can buy tires and wheels. <laughs> that That is true, but I don't see how the tablet helps them sell uh, dry goods. If well, I don't they're... think so, but you kind of think, though, they have to look at it this way. You go on there and you start browsing on Amazon, and after a while you realize maybe you just spend $10,000 on merchandise, and suddenly what they lost on that HD Fire... Well, they're making it back in spades. At least they're hoping they are. I think the real hope with the fires is not to sell 
hard goods, but to try and get you to use their movie, music, and book service and ebook services. It's just anything. I think it's anything. Whatever you buy, great. Buy something, please. I mean, if there are offers on there that try and drive you to actually buy physical products, that could help them. But what they've really done with this fire ecosystem is try and get you to be hooked into their, you know, you've got the Prime Video, so that encourages you to be a Prime member and pay them 80 bucks a year. And then, of course, if you want to watch videos that you bought on there, I mean, in theory, you could probably find a way to sideload the Google Play Store. But honestly, the Google Play Store is, is not better than Amazon's video store. In fact, it's a lot worse. So... There's a lot of reasons that if you're into entertainment and you like the ecosystem, this could be a good tablet for you. But uh, frankly, if the operating system and the UI is the UI is, is a lot like what it, what you saw in the original Kindle Fire, it is not going to be a great tablet experience and, and not going to be a good experience for productivity users or multitaskers. It's a consumption device. It's also a good online storefront for various Amazon products and services. Now, the big question here is the competition for the Kindle Fire is the Nexus 7. So now we see a better Kindle Fire, the Kindle Fire HD, in the 7-inch size and the 8.9-inch size. How does that impact Google? I think that's the biggest competition, isn't it, right now, at least until Apple gets involved if they do. I think, I think this definitely poses a problem for Google because what the Nexus 7 doesn't have is the Nexus 7 doesn't have Amazon's ecosystem. So Google Play just doesn't have the kind of depth of movies and books and, and music that you can get from Amazon who's been a player in the media game for a long time. On the other hand, what would I rather have? But hands down, I'd rather have the Nexus 7 because it's an, a real tablet. The Jelly Bean operating system on it is really good for multitasking. It has wonderful voice commands. It has the whole Google Now um, service where it kind of can predict what flights are going on and keep track of your appointments. It's made to be a real like personal digital assistant for you, a productivity an or- device, an organizer. It's meant to be more useful, whereas by skinning Android and turning into their own operating system, what Amazon has really done is they've created basically the virtual equivalent of a Borders bookstore. Although the real version has gone out of business, they might as well just have leather couches built into the operating system because it's like going into you know, the old Tower Records or a Barnes & Noble today if it's not in bad shape and sitting down and listening to music and reading books. It's not a place where that is particularly good for checking your email, messaging with people. I mean, they are including a camera now, probably somewhat reluctantly, but really, Amazon doesn't really want you to use the Kindle Fire as a communications or a productivity device at all. They want you to use it as a front end for their services. You're basically paying for a shopping tool. Exactly. So I would much rather have the Nexus 7, but I think some people will be intrigued by Amazon's sort of attractive look, by the ecosystem around it, and the fact that they can get it from from Amazon directly. People are used to buying things from Amazon. That's a good distribution channel for them. 
Amazon also sells their stuff at a number of, of retail outlets. Yes, we're aware of that, and we'll go into more of that in a moment. Avram Pilch joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. 
All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at renovationtea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And Avram checked out the Amazon meeting where they introduced these new products. Were you physically there? No, uh, Mike Prospero, who's been on with you, is was out there. Did he get a chance out. to touch the thing? Did Amazon give the press a chance to actually grab these devices and use them? Not, not really. I mean, I, th- I think they just basically demonstrate it in front of them. But we are going to be able to review one, uh, one of the products in the near future. We're going to get to do some, some testing of it, and I expect that eventually we'll get all of the products into, into tests. So at least these things are ready. They're coming up for pre-order right now, and they're going to be shipping in a few weeks. So we expect to get a pretty good feel for them before they come out. Okay, I'm looking at the Kindle Fire HD 8.9. For two hundred ninety nine dollars, the item will be released on November twentieth. That's pretty late in the season, for heaven's sake. Let's look at the Fire HD. The Fire HD is going to be released next week, September fourteenth. So, if you want the smaller one, you can get it just about immediately, possibly by the time you hear the show. If you want the bigger one, you got to wait for a while. Yeah, even worse. One of my coworkers decided that they were going to try and pre-order it. You order the 8.9 inch, and she has Amazon Prime, so it should ship right away. And they gave her date of November 28th. Ew. Yeah, they have a deal with Amazon Prime, by the way. And what this is, is it gives you free shipping on lots of products. And it's like $80 a year. If you buy one or two items a month, suddenly by the time the year is over, hey, I paid for Amazon Prime. Might as well get it. I guess that's the game. You also get free video streaming, right? Yeah, and they're expanding that library. I mean, if it actually becomes competitive with Netflix in terms of the selection, that would be a really good reason for people to switch. First of all, it's cheaper than Netflix because you're paying seventy nine a year. Second of all, which yeah, I guess Netflix is, if you have the streaming only, it's not terrible, uh, the price difference. But then when you add in the free shipping on top of that, and, of course, they have some book lending. You can borrow some books and basically rent some books for included in the price. I think that's pretty good. No, it sounds like certainly a good deal. I'm not trying to promote Amazon, but certainly I can see where the product is going to go over well. Obviously, we know there's going to be an iPhone 5, and by the time you hear the show, we may know all about it. But the other item that people are expecting from Apple now is a real, genuine, 100% smaller iPad. And they're talking about a 7.85-inch form factor. I don't know. But if Apple comes in here with an iPad mini for $249, $299, that's going to really cut into the market of the Nexus 7 and the Kindle Fire, right? I think it will cut into the market. 
But at the same time, there have always been people who wanted an Android tablet. They have Android on their phones, and they're, they're into that ecosystem. They like using Android, and certainly there's a lot of room for innovation in the Android space for people to kind of try different things. I think that it will cut into people who are sort of bargain shopping, particularly if they say, wow, I really wanted an iPad, but it was too expensive for me. Now I can get this lower end product. I don't think they're going to undercut too many people on price, though. I think it's still going to be more expensive. But you know, when it's it's $50 more, it's not so big a factor. No, it isn't. So I think there's a good chance Apple will do it. It's been rumored for a while. I mean, Steve Jobs famously said at one point that he didn't think people were going to buy a tablet that this small, but the market has kind of proven him wrong. Obviously, people like sandpaper. He said you have to put sandpaper on your fingers. But if the iPad mini is what is described in the rumors, and we understand that when you hear a rumor, it's not necessarily true. Sometimes you expect that Apple is quietly feeding some rumors just to get some input, keep things going, keep the public guessing, keep them talking about Apple. But 7.85 inches, you're talking about a 4-3 aspect ratio, same as a full-size iPad. So suddenly it's not so small because, remember, a lot of those other tablets, the 7-inch tablets, are widescreen, which means, of course, that your width of the screen is fairly narrow. Here you have a lot more screen real estate, and that might be a very much of a deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, Apple obviously has had a tendency to go with a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. I think they think think it in terms of books, that this is good for book reading, not so much for watching (laughs) high-definition movies. Yeah, I I think that it's going to do really well uh, if they come out with it as expected, but I don't think it's going to kill the market for other products. I think it certainly is going to steal some share from them, but I don't think it's going to necessarily kill the Kindle Fire because if people are into the Amazon ecosystem or people want Android because they're used to it on their phone and Jelly Bean because they like the features of that, I think that those products still have a chance. But sure, it is something that could certainly hurt the market for Android tablets. I guess you kind of expect that Amazon will do reasonably well, especially during the holiday season, which is where the Kindle Fire did pretty well last year. But what about something like the Nexus 7? Is that moving a lot? Well, we haven't really gotten a lot of sales numbers on it so far to tell how well it's doing. Certainly tech people like it, but whether or not the message is getting out about Nexus 7 to the public is an interesting question. And because Google is not used to being a retailer and selling products and getting their products into retail channels, I think that also could be an issue. You know, Amazon is really good at selling their products. People expect to get things from Amazon. But despite Google's uh, strong branding for its online services, I don't know if people are used to the idea of buying a Google-branded product. Well, they haven't done that well with Google-branded products. And that other product, the one (laughs) – I don't hear too much about it anymore. This is that successor to Google TV. Yep. So the – so obviously, they actually had to pull. Uh, they actually had to pull that sphere from the market because it, it didn't really do enough, and people were kind of waiting to see, you know, to see, hey, am I going to pay like three hundred dollars for uh, this Nexus Q, which is that you know sphere-shaped black 
orb that you put Which on. they, of course, they call the Q quandary, right? Yeah, I, I don't understand why somebody would buy it. I mean, it's a neat-looking device. It looks sort of like those magic orb puzzles that people used to play with at the time the Rubik's Cube was hot. And it's but, made in America. I think that's the, only, that's the only saving grace for it. It's made in America, and people who are really into that, you know, because everything else is made in Asia, and you say, well, I'll get something made in the USA. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, but don't you want something that's good? Yeah, I think the real problem is when you create a product to solve a social problem that nobody has, then there's a real question as to why you need the product. So the main selling point for the Nexus Q was that multiple people in the home connected to your Wi-Fi network, you and your friends or you and your family, each one of you running a Nexus 7 tablet or presumably other Android devices would be able to control the music and video playlists on top of each other. Oh, that's just exciting. I'm so excited already. Avram Pilch joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases 
over $75 include a free 8x8-inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMPBAG when you check out at DisasterStuff.com. We're also a Country Living Grain Mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze-dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember, DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi system uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrient dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors. To learn more and order your Bokashi online, visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button. That's Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, a couple more segments with Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. We talk very little bit about IFA, the trade show in Germany, about the new products from Nokia, the Lumia. 920 and 820 coming in November, maybe too late to gain much traction this holiday season. The Kindle Fire with the larger Kindle Fire, the 8.9 inch HD, not coming till November, also kind of late for the holiday season. And now the Google Nexus Q, which is kind of an expensive Apple TV kind of device, maybe too expensive. Yep. I mean, it's just there's really not much point in it. Uh, I think regular Google TV boxes uh, are also struggling, so they have their own problems. This was an interesting concept. It was an interesting-looking piece of hardware, but the main function of it is pretty useless, which is having several different people control a playlist in your living room. like So they're basically fighting over it. You have two brothers or sisters, brothers right. or sisters, and you have a family with five members, you know, a couple of brothers, a couple of sisters, a couple of three sisters, whatever, and they're all fighting over the same playlist. This could be fun. Yeah, exactly. There, there's no administration control. There's nobody who can who can actually say no to someone. Or, Mommy, or, it's my playlist. No, it's not your playlist. I don't want to hear those old Beatles tunes. Let's hear something from Lady Gaga. Right, exactly. So it's wonderful when you have a product that actually creates a social problem rather than solving one. At IFA Berlin, I actually saw a Samsung TV that creates a really that is likely to lead to divorces, if if nothing else. Samsung is marketing a new OLED TV with a feature called MultiView. Of and course, multi- if you can afford an OLED TV, what's it, five thousand dollars or something? They haven't said, but several thousand dollars, I'm sure. Yeah, so the divorce will be really spectacular. I hope I hope whoever buys this has a good prenup, because what the TV does is it has a. I understand that Tom Cruise was one of the beta testers. <laughs> Indeed, this is the, this is why it all fell apart. No other reason. 
the issue with this is it has a feature called multi-view, which they tout as allowing you and your spouse to watch different programs at the same time. So, How do you, you do that with one set? So you each get a, a headset with glasses and an earpiece, and then the set interlaces uh, one program on top of the other. So if you're not wearing the glasses, it looks really weird because it looks like you know one line is one show and one line is the other show. But if you're wearing the glasses, it only shows you the content that those glasses are programmed for, and you only hear what that program is is putting out from via audio. This is like now, a 3D TV with a mental problem. Right. So the issue there, of course, you could say, well, this might be good for some people who, who argue over what program to watch. I and want Fox News and she wants MSNBC. <laughs> exactly. It could, but at the same time, it takes a, it it really takes away the communal aspect of watching television. Like, great, we're going to sit here, honey, and I'm going to have this earpiece in my ear so I can't hear a thing you're saying, and you're going to have your glasses on, and we'll sit here in the same room but never talk to each other and, and not even have a shared experience. On the other uh, hand, some married couples may like it that way. <laughs> that I mean, you know, well, there's always a reason for everything. That may very well be true, but I think you know, I think it, it's likely to drive people apart. At the same time, if you have kids and the kids are watching Sesame Street and you want to watch Dexter... I suppose this could work out pretty well. Especially Dexter. If, yeah, exactly. By the way, if you haven't watched that, that's on Showtime. It is a drama about a guy who works for the police department, but by night he moonlights as a serial killer, but he only kills bad people most of the time. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. So I think it can be useful for that, but it's just interesting how there are more and more products coming out that are sort of designed to get you away from a communal experience. I guess the Nexus Q brings you toward a communal experience of listening to the same thing or watching the same thing, only fighting over it. I think it's a product in search of a purpose, and you have to wonder what's going to happen. But we have to wonder here what's going to happen with the Apple TV. I mean, there has been speculation all year. Apple's going to release a real, full-blown TV set. Or Apple will have a souped-up Apple TV. Or Apple was trying to make arrangements with the content providers, with the motion picture and TV industry, to get licensing agreements for a subscription. No, they were going to the satellite and cable providers and make the Apple TV replace your DVR. That was in the Wall Street Journal. And now that seems to have fallen apart. So what does Apple do next? Well, I think Apple certainly has the opportunity to come out with a smart TV that would rival anything that Samsung is coming out with or you know, that some of the other vendors are coming out with. They could certainly build Siri into the TV. Relationships with content providers in terms of trying to beat out the cable industry or partner with the cable industry, the cable industry rightfully sees Apple as a threat. I don't think unless Apple goes out and buys a cable company, they're going to get a lot of cooperation there. However, Apple has Look, a lot of... Couldn't Apple sell it to the cable companies as we're not competing with you, we're partnering with you, we're making the user experience more favorable so you keep your customers. People will not cut the cord, they'll stick with you, and look at the Apple interface, you make money, we make money, where's the loss? Where's the downside? Yeah, I mean, I think though people will start to see, hey, if Apple's creeping in on our territory, maybe that's the beginning of the end. 
However, if anyone can negotiate with the entertainment industry, and that includes the cable industry, I don't see why Apple couldn't. After all, they've, they've got the contacts, they've got the relationships you know, from iTunes with all the content providers. So if you look at a cable company like Time Warner, which is also tied into the entertainment industry, you know, they do have a vested interest in seeing something I mean, they, they have a conflict of interest. Sure, they, they don't want Apple to usurp their cable business. At the same time, though, Apple is probably driving them a lot of money through iTunes. So this is a way where they can get the best of both worlds. But it's allowing a third-party product to come in. I mean, you had, for example, the cable carts, which was a one-way device that you can access your cable content, say, with a TiVo, but you couldn't get video on demand because that's two-way communication. You're basically requesting some kind of product that's coming to you and there's an interaction for billing and everything. And it was supposed to be a successor to cable card. Where did that go? Whatever happened to it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of resistance in this industry to to come to really cutting the cord. As we've seen, there are a number of networks that now force you to prove that you have a cable subscription in order to view their content online. I HBO, think Fox, I think, is one of them. Well, HBO makes sense because it's a premium service, but I think Fox, for example, asks you like what your cable provider is if you try to go and view uh, content at fox.com. So you have to prove... If you want to watch the latest episode of Fringe online, I think you have to prove that you have a cable subscription, which is a little odd since it's not a cable channel and you could get it over the air with rabbit ears. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to try to begin with that. Now, of course, you have the other argument about the way cable shows are bundled. Right now, you buy packages. You can't do a la carte. And part of the reason for that is not just the cable companies or the satellite providers. It is the entertainment companies saying, well, you want to carry Fox News, you've got to carry 27 other Fox networks or the NBC, Comcast networks, USA Network, Sci-Fi. Well, we've got 97,000 other unknown channels you have to take also. Yep. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a problem. I mean, unfortunately, we're being locked into an old-fashioned system, and there's not not a lot we can do about it at this point as consumers. You can try to cut the cord and buy something like a Hulu, but ultimately paying for cable provides you the most content choice and flexibility at this point. It's convenient. You don't have to have another box and you have the DVR. We have Abram Pilch, and he's not a DVR, although I understand he moonlights as one for some extra paycheck since his son was born, right? Yep. <laughs> On the Tech I Night Out Live, he'll be back for one more segment. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hey neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SCENE1, S-E-E-N number one, SCENE1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. 1-866-277-3366. The code Scene one to save 10%. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves. Available exclusively from StockStorage.com. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. Faketv.com, the burglar deterrent. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. 
You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Abram Pilch at Laptop Magazine. He's wondering why I called him a DVR. I said he moonlights a, that at night. You know, some people are security guards or they work at Walmart at night to get some extra paycheck. He moonlights as a DVR. He works with the cloud, but his exactly. head is not I, in the cloud. Seriously. I just like Johnny Mnemonic. I just memorize the lines from all the shows. There are several characters on TV that seem to memorize everything and see everything. You know, we had that TV show Unforgettable with Poppy Montgomery from Without a Trace. It lasted one season. Now I guess they renewed it for a summer presentation. It's about a woman who remembers everything. She sees all, and she necessarily doesn't know everything, but she remembers everything. So there you go. I don't know. Let's go back to Europe, IFA. Of all the products you saw at IFA, did you concentrate just on the tech stuff? Did you look at the washing machines too? What did you do? I didn't get to do much look at the washing machines, unfortunately, but uh, I did get to see a fair amount of different mobile products. I, I was pretty impressed with the Galaxy Note 2 because it looks like it's really going to take the pen experience to the next level in terms of handwriting recognition and being even able to multitask an Android, that's really an example of someone innovating on top of Android is what Samsung is doing with the Galaxy Note 2. Now, the Note 2, we're talking about 5.5 inches, right? Yep. So it's a pretty big product. It's not very useful for one hand. It's not like taking a smaller Samsung Galaxy smartphone or an iPhone or something. It's a little bit awkward. It's meant, though, for stylus input? Yes, yeah, so it comes with a with a stylus that has a rubber tip, so it gives you more of a paper-like feel when you rub up against the screen. So Samsung is allowing you to draw throughout the operating system. So whether it's in the calendar you, that you want to sketch notes or you want to take a photo and sketch notes on it. In fact, there's a neat feature where you can actually write notes on the back of a JPEG, which is a little weird. There's a lot of pen support in this that wasn't in the previous version. Uh, so it feels more like, hey, I'm writing on a notepad. It also has some nice hover features. If you hold the pen slightly above the screen, you'll see previews of photos or emails that are in your inbox or videos. Uh, it also has some neat multitasking features like you've seen on the Galaxy S3. You can actually have a video playing in the corner while you do other stuff. So it is a pretty compelling device, and now it's got a quad-core processor. It's got a, a long, ba- a pretty high-capacity battery, and uh, it's got this whopping HD screen. So it should be a pretty compelling device if you like something that big. The question I have also is about the handwriting recognition quality. Now, I remember the original Apple Newton from the 1990s, and no way through several iterations of that product could I get it to recognize my handwriting. Now, that's my family. My late brother Wally and me, well, our handwriting was equally bad. His was worse. But he's not here to defend himself. But seriously, how good is the handwriting recognition on something like that 2012? Supposedly better, uh, not perfect by any means. I'm the worst person to test it because I have the worst handwriting in real life. No, you don't. And- You're going to test your handwriting against mine someday. We'll get together for lunch and we'll compare notes and see who is more illegible. 
Okay, that's a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge. That's my challenge to Avram, you know. We're both from New York, so what the heck. But, the, yes, the handwriting recognition is okay. I think it's not. It's never going to be perfect. I think it's probably better than voice recognition is. But, yeah, the OCR on it is getting better, but it's not perfect. The other thing that is a problem on any digitized pen is that you ha- always have a little bit of lag. You always have a little bit of pressure that's lost. However, supposedly this has been greatly improved. But is it as good as writing with a pen on paper? Of course not. Nothing replaces the pen on paper. All this technology, all the years of development, nothing replaces the pen and the paper and the physical keyboard. Yep. That's the reality. Now, unfortunately, getting a physical keyboard on a phone is getting harder and harder. So it may be a time very soon where you can't get a keyboard keyboarded phone at all. I, mean, I know that there was a free phone I got for my son. He lost his phone. And he came to this country, and he keeps this phone for when he's here from AT&T. He lost his previous phone, so I got something called Pantech or something like that. It was a note-taking phone. It's not a smartphone. It has limited online capabilities, but it has a physical keyboard for messaging. And it was awkward as heck to use, but he seemed to get along with it. The uh, manufacturers have decided that if you want a keyboard, you're a second-class citizen and therefore deserve a crappy phone. That, That seems to be the message because there are lots of keyboarded phones coming out, but they're either the cheapest you know, free $50 phones with a crappy screen and the old version of the operating system or their dumb phones that that don't run Android or or another smart phone operating system. This was a dumb phone. Yeah. But it was great for one purpose, messaging, fine. Making phone calls, eh. Yeah, not, not a surprise. I talked to a Motorola executive this past week when I attended their press event and my... Uh, number one question for him was, how do you guys feel about keyboard uh, phones? After all, they make the Droid 4, which is probably the leading keyboard phone, keyboard smartphone around. And he was very noncommittal about, about it. He said, well, they sell well, but we know the market is transitioning to a more tablet-like experience. And, you know, we have to watch, you know, the transition. So he made it sound like, they're planning to dump the keyboard at some point, and who knows whether that point will be now. Like The Droid 4 is a so-so phone with a great keyboard, but poor battery life. Is there going to be a Droid 5? I don't know. There may not be. We may all have to learn to use the touchscreen, whether we like it or not. Uh, what so- about haptic keyboards? That's the ones that create an artificial feel. Are they going anywhere? So... You know, haptics is available as an option on most Android phones. Uh, I'm testing a Motorola phone right now that has a regular ice cream sandwich on it and has the haptic feedback turned on. I like it because it it gives you more of the feel of a a regular keyboard. But in reality, what you need in order to be able to touch type, and you can't really touch type on a tiny keyboard anyway, on a slider keyboard – but you need to be able to feel the bumps of where a key appears on the row. And so you can sort of say, hey, you know, I'm sort of feeling my way and I feel A and I feel L over here. And so I can type without looking or without looking much. That's impossible on any virtual keyboard. Yes, you get the feedback of when you hit it 
okay, it's registered my tap. Uh, and that is certainly helpful because when you're typing, you want to know that your stroke is registered. But uh, other than that, it's not really, you know, it's a minor help, but it's it's been available for several years. Some phones just don't bother to include the haptic mechanism. Apple certainly doesn't. Windows phones don't have haptics, uh, but most Android phones do have it. Sometimes it's just turned off by default. I know Apple has gotten one or two patents for haptic, so it's quite possible they'll have a different idea. Yeah, I mean, I think nothing really beats the original keyboard, but unfortunately, the market is is going against it. But when you offer people pen, like you have with the Galaxy Note 2, you're at least offering them another input method that could be faster and more natural than hunt and pecking at a bunch of virtual keys, which which are really easy to miss because your finger might be bigger than the key. That's what autocorrect is for. So that my name can be autocorrected to scream. That's uh, right. That's right. Swipe keyboard autocorrects Avram to scream. That's it. We're going to scream if we continue this discussion, I'll tell you. Seriously, Avram, tell our listeners where they can find more of the things you do. So you can read my weekly columns at, at laptopmag.com slash geeksgeek. Read all of our latest news and reviews of products uh, like the new Motorola phones and Amazon tablets at laptopmag.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at geekinchief. And you can find us on Twitter, Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl at Twitter. You go to technightowl.com, you find my cutting-edge blogs, and you also find our forums. And there's that other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, including the question of whether there was a crash of a UFO in 1953 in Kingman, Arizona, on the Paracast at Paracast.com. Avram Pilch, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always a pleasure. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.